0: Now, one of my favorite movies of all time is the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And at the end of that movie, Indiana is hanging on his dad's hands, played by Sean Connery, in this open chasm. With the other hand, he's reaching for the Holy Grail. And at that moment, he has to make a decision to save his own life or to grab that Holy Grail. Now, grabbing for a good cup shouldn't be that dramatic in that cinematic scene, but if you want a good tumbler, you should go over to bluecoolers.com. They have a great selection of tumblers there. These tumblers are fantastic. They will keep your beverage cool all day long. Or if you're that lukewarm dude who likes that water right out of that tap, it's going to keep it that temperature. You want to throw some ice cubes in there, tickle your tonsils, nice cool water, there you go. It's going to help you keep your beverage cool or warm all day long. So go over to bluecoolers.com, grab yourself one of those tumblers. You could buy a cooler, but I think you should crawl before you walk. Go get yourself a tumbler. See how awesome they are. And then go back to bluecoolers.com, check out their, their ice chests, and you'll see how good their ice chests are. So go over to bluecoolers.com, tell them that Adam and Eric sent you from the Staying in Trouble podcast. They probably will not discount anything, but it'll be pretty cool if you do. So go check them out at bluecoolers.com. Now, as you listen to the show, you always hear Eric giving me a hard time about being a plumber, and it's true. I am, and I'm proud to be one. But because I've been a plumber for over 20 years, I've built a lot of homes, and in these homes I know what goes into building a home and there's a lot of important parts of a home when you need to go to the bathroom it's your plumbing when it's dark it's going to be your lights but one of the most important things that a lot of people don't think about is the roof the roof of a house is probably the most important thing if you don't have a roof all you really have is patio with walls so when you think of your roof think of how important it is And when you think about a home, you need to think about rooftop realty. Rooftop realty is going to help you out in all your home buying needs. If you're not ready to buy a home, you need a rent. Go see rooftop realty. Eric is not the only one down here that's keeping this office going. Just like holding up a roof, you need multiple walls. These walls help the roof stay up there. And just like Eric, he has a lot of good realtors down here. He has a complete staff that's going to help you in all of your home buying, home selling, or renting a home needs. So come check them out, meet his wonderful, friendly staff, and you'll know why Rooftop Realty should be your number one choice when it comes to buying or selling or renting a home. So when you think of a home, think of that roof, think of how important it is, and then come see Rooftop Realty. You could get a hold of them at... VegasRooftop.com or give them a call at 702 233 Home. That's 233 Home. And get a hold of Eric and one of his many realtors here. Let me go, oh, because you can my uh-huh. And if you hold me close, then you can't.
1: That amplified noise you'd have poured inside my ozone Was so prone to homegrown my own voice And letting you roam was such a poor choice I'm nothing without your poise, I love that old joy And ever since Be left me, she won't speak unless I speak first uh, Welcome again, another episode of Staying in Trouble with Adam Short and Eric Humes What's up, man? I'm Eric, that's Adam We have a special guest today, Israel Wilkinson, one of our local firefighters Hello you want to give a shout out to your truck and and to your uh, co-workers
2: i'm here representing uh henderson fire station 82. there's a lot of great firefighters great fire stations out there i love the station i work at we we jokingly call ourselves well everybody probably calls themselves the backbone of the fire department <laughs> so many uh there's a lot of friendly competition between the departments between the stations and uh I'm, I'm blessed to work with a great group of guys at my station.
1: Great. What? Also, Israel, are you uh, are you a certified instructor for firearms, or uh, just a well accomplished uh, sportsman?
2: I'm an enthusiast. I that on on is my that the
1: title you're going with is enthusiast. That's
2: enthusiast. If <laughs> what I, do you
1: call a regular? People? Well, that's uh, honest.
2: Uh, <laughs> I yeah. People get uh, people get nervous if you use the term gun nut. So, I do. <laughs> I will say I I shoot firearms competitions on a very low level. I can tell you that I take more structured firearms instruction every year than any police officer you know. To become an instructor is just one of those things on my to-do list that I'll get around to it when some of my five kids manage to move out of the house. But
1: I don't think they're planning on that anytime soon. I think that might be a, a missed variable. You might want to shoot for something else.
2: But in the meantime, I have... A, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I, uh, I do take a lot of gun classes every year. I take them with my son, David, who is uh, behind the camera right now. I've taken each of my daughters. My wife has taken a handful. And again, I also compete at a very low level. Not saying that I'm that good at it, but something I enjoy
1: the reason why I bring that up is obviously we, we we wanted you in today to give us a little bit of perspective and give us some information everyone's starving for information right now um but one of the things is I went to a store I don't know if you've ever heard of it before it's called Sportsman's Warehouse heard of it <laughs> and so uh I was there with our friend Willie and Willie was going to get one of his rifles scoped and I'm like sure I'm just, just long for the ride you know uh being quarantined is difficult for my type of personality um i enjoy entourage i enjoy groups large groups you an, know. an audience i would say the audience always goes well over with me and so um we went to costco had had a blast it was just like going to an amusement park for me everyone else <laughs> is like waiting
0: in line to get in
1: oh it is <laughs> glorious I got to meet everyone around me it was, oh, it was refreshing and then afterwards it like Boom. We got done with Costco and it was like in like 10 minutes sportsman's was opening up and don't worry if you knew I, if, if you thought I had some friends in line, I did they there at the front of the line. So I yelled up and said, Hey, I could really use some 12 gauge. You know, I'm not really like prepped out like a lot of people. And so I think that's another topic of, you know, in talking to my brother-in-law, uh, Ben, he's like, that's really scary too. And talking to another friend who he's actually an accountant in San Francisco And he's like, hey, Eric, what do you think is going to happen in the next, like, next week or the week after that? Like, we kid about going to Costco where everyone's stocking up. Everyone's still a little flush with money, right? But next week's paycheck or the paycheck after that where you have, you know, over three-fourths of the valley is being whittled down. And then on a long term, you have a lot of retirees. And a lot of retirees depend on their either Social Security, which that will always come. But their retirement funds or their pension funds. A lot of those pension funds are paid out through what's going on in Wall Street. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of uh, what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of retirement funds actually own your mortgage. If you have a mortgage on your house, a large percent of those are actually owned by other Americans in theory. And so and so if you have and that's why I'm telling what well just calm down on the interest rates. The interest rates will probably go down in the next two weeks because of what they call mortgage-backed securities and and then it kind of gets into gambling the next level after that is gambling because then you've got derivatives and derivatives is basically gambling but anyways um that's where like what's your take on like you, and i think the reason why it's, i know you're a competitive shooter is you know that most people even if they have firearms Like what people don't realize is unless you are someone who practices and who goes through training you better be within like five to ten feet of someone because most people can't hit a target beyond what is it 15 feet 20 feet
2: it's it's amazing and i'll tell you i was there i was there where almost everybody was where i grew up shooting my dad took me shooting he was a great man. He was very big on safety. He taught me... Well, okay, let's let's start there. There are four universal firearm safety rules that if everyone followed, there would never, ever be another firearms accident. They are... Now I got to think for just a second. You treat, <laughs> treat every gun as if it was always loaded. There's no such thing as an air quotes, empty gun. You always treat it as if it was loaded. You only point the muzzle, meaning the end of the gun where the bullets come out of, the, the barrel, end of the barrel, if you will. Yeah. You only point the muzzle at something that you are willing to destroy or pay for. And that means not for one second. If this was a gun in my hand and I was looking at it, I just pointed it at both of you. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that for a fraction of a second. You always keep it pointed down. Maybe sometimes pointed up. You'd keep it pointed in a safe direction. You always keep your finger off the trigger and out of the trigger guard unless you are prepared to shoot. If you're on target pointed in and you wanna shoot the gun right now, that's the only time you put your finger on the trigger. You don't hold it, you don't inspect it, you don't carry it around with your finger on the trigger. And you always know your target and what's in line with it and what could be in line with it. Meaning if I'm looking in one direction at a target, you need to have a little bit of your peripheral vision to see is someone walking that's gonna walk in line with my target. What's behind my target, if the bullet, misses which is very likely or over penetrates what is it then going to hit so
1: so you're not so you're saying it's not like the movies is what you're saying
2: oh, <laughs> it's never <laughs> like the movies is nothing a, it's not like Fortnite. it's not like fortnight nothing is just... like the movies and that statement is never more true for any subject than for guns but just to sum it up quickly treat a gun as if it's loaded don't point at anything you don't want to kill keep your finger off the trigger and know what's in line with your target.
1: And then your experience, because I know you've taken groups out before, like recreationally. It, what What do you think the, to be an accurate shooter? Like, I, is I, like, if someone's ever gone to a gun range and, and some <laughs> of our friends, you know, I've gone shooting with them and, you know, you know that fast, I mean can you like bring the target a little bit closer for me? Can you bring it right there? You know, and I know it's like 10, 15 feet. I'm a decent shot. And I know after 20, forget about it. And I'm, but then you see someone actually do it for real. You know, we were kidding before the show that your son is probably knows more about guns. I would say your whole family is a better shot than, than 95% of the, of the, you know, global population even. And so my point with that is, 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 you know, there's a run on ammunition right now. There's a run on guns. And what I don't think people understand is, like, a, a, a good gun with a good shooter, it, it doesn't matter what the caliber is, it's going to be way more effective than a bunch of amateurs and strays and all that stuff. Like, And, and so it's, it's actually illogical. It really is illogical. The best thing that we all could do is actually what we, we brought you into is, how do, what do we do now?
2: Well, you mentioned that someone with just handfuls of ammunition is not as good as someone that's trained. There's a couple of industry-wide phrases that come to mind. One of them, I remember just, you know, the whole, they say, mind blown when I heard it. If you've ever seen someone just slapping the trigger as hard as they can, just spitting lead down range, and it's not accurate, you realize that you cannot miss fast enough to win a gunfight. Think about it for a second. Missing fast isn't going to help you win. And yeah. again, obviously, we uh, right now, we're, we're in the arena of talking about, heaven forbid, you should have to use lethal force to defend yourself or defend a loved one from a violent attacker that won't stop. Right. So something else that you touched on, uh, there's another phrase in the industry where they say, any gun will do if you will do. Pretty much any modern-made firearm that's been well taken care of I'll say pretty much. There's about maybe 1% or 2% of guns out there that just shouldn't be out there. These super, super cheap guns that just weren't well-made to begin with. But yeah. in general, any modern-made firearm will do, if you will do, if you understand how it works, if you know how to use it safely, and if you have a little bit of training and a little bit of practice with it.
1: Do you have a CCW? Visual? I do. Well, do. you Adam.
2: No, no, I don't either. I don't <laughs> no, either. I don't. You know, I used my to, wife does.
1: I used to go knock that's on right, doors in the last round of foreclosures, and people are like, "Eric, where's your CCW?" I'm like, "I'm six two, two 230 pounds. If I can't negotiate, I don't need. I don't need a firearm to go." His game. guns are attached to his shoulders. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I see what
2: you're saying, and you know, when you get in the scenario of a of a lethal encounter. You can what if it to death. There's a hundred right. different scenarios, but one of the problems with an encounter like that, you know, you you may be a short woman. Do you see what I did there? Yeah. Or <laughs> I, bet, I bet you've never heard that one before. All the time. You might be a short woman, you might be a tall man, whatever your background, whatever your strength, you take Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or whatever you take. In so many cases, if you're going to be an attacked, the attacker knows when the fight's gonna be and where the fight's gonna be. And your your brain actually doesn't register that there's going to be in a fight, that you're being attacked until three to five seconds after the fight has started. That puts you at a severe disadvantage. That's a long even time. Even with a, a, just a muscly specimen such as yourself, <laughs> you are already at a big disadvantage, even if someone that uh, perhaps weighs less than you is not as strong as you and doesn't just have your just razor-sharp mental skills that you have. Yeah.
0: See, for the longest time, w- when you talk about having a CCW or gun training and stuff like that, or whoa, what if an attacker, I always – this right now is the first time in my life that it, it actually feels real. Before, I thought, dude, I live in a great country, in, in a great city. I live in a good neighborhood. I have never once in my entire life had a gun drawn on me. I've never been robbed. When am I ever, ever going to really need it? And then last Saturday night, my wife and I went to WinCo. And for the first time in a long time, I started to feel scared. I'll be honest with you. The fear started to set in because when I saw empty shelves for items that people need to live when those things start to run out, or it feels like they're going to run out, they probably won't. Our truckers are hauling stuff in as fast as they can. But Triple the,
1: shifts at the bread bakery. <laughs>
0: but the feel of goods for survival starts to run out. What I fear the most, way over any kind of virus, it's people. Absolutely. And, and the people's behavior when it comes to when those precious goods, toilet paper, <laughs> whatever it may be, starts to run out. And like Eric just says, the money's going to start drying up. Things are going to start changing. And if this does get worse, uh, that's where my fear comes in the most. And for the first time in my life, I think in that, what if is starting to become a swift reality?
2: Well, you've got a kid or two around your house as well. Just a couple. What would you do? Gaggle. What would you do to feed your kids? What, yeah, you, good what, point. I would do what anything. Would, what would you do to feed your kids when they haven't eaten in five days? You'd do anything. Yeah. So would just about everybody else out there. And that's what you have to think about. And yes, it's it's easy to look at it like you live in a good town, you live in a good neighborhood, you've never had a gun drawn on you. and And that is a fact. You can look at the statistics. Statistically, most of us are likely to go through our lives without ever being in a lethal encounter without ever needing it. But I refer to it as my seatbelt. One of my daughters will say, do you have your seatbelt on? When the car crash is happening, it's too late to put your seatbelt on. Yeah, true. We, we all drove here and we didn't expect to get in a crash. We've been driving, each one of us here has probably driven, who knows, half a million miles in our lives. Maybe you've had a minor fender bender or not. But I hope you still put your seatbelts on the way here. I know I did, because that second when you need it, you can't. It's, it's too late. Yeah. Wow. You can also look at the fact that, again, statistically, it's unlikely. And you may not need it. You probably won't need it. But you talked about how you live in a good neighborhood. You have a good house. It's a good city. Look at the news. Where do, where do these attacks happen? They happen anywhere. They happen, yeah, in, yeah. They happen in grocery stores during good times. They happen in movie theaters. It, tragically, they happen in high schools. I'm not suggesting that you carry a weapon to school, but the point being that they happen anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. So,
0: in, in all of this craziness, as a as a firefighter, has what does this change for you guys? Has your shifts changed? Have your attitudes changed when you go into someone's home to to perform a rescue or a, a call or whatever you're doing? What's changed?
1: Yeah, you guys hazmat up or what?
2: It it has changed a couple things at work. Now, we always have, we refer to it as PPE, personal protective equipment. Every time we go into a house, we have gloves that we put on. We have eye protection. You know, you don't want to get someone spit on you on a good day. Mm-hmm. And if we have a patient that has any kind of symptoms, and we've had some of this before, but it wasn't used as frequently. If someone is actively coughing and hacking for years now we'll put a mask on that patient we will make sure that we have our eye protection on we have gowns that we will use in certain occasions for childbirth is obviously one of the occasions but more and more now we make sure that we have more of those for anyone that has some common cold or flu symptoms we're much more likely to put that on now especially if uh, we'll ask them if they have any contact with anyone that has uh known to have the disease if they have any type of exposure like that if they've traveled out of the country recently especially to one of the countries that unfortunately has been more affected by this disease we have these respirators that can uh it's like a powered air filter i guess that when you talk about those n95 masks -hmm, those are supposed to filter out 95 percent of the air well we want to do a little bit better than that when we are uh, dealing with someone that has had a legitimate exposure. So we do have. Have, a have lot you guys of, ran into that yet? We have. Oh, some people that have, have that are positive. There's there's limits to what I can say without uh, violating what we call HIPAA laws. Right. I, I can't I can't violate anyone's um, private uh, medical information, but I can say that the fire department has ran on, uh, people that have had legitimate exposures, confirmed cases, et cetera. Wow. And that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So what are your, some of your fears or like, even for your wife, what, what are your, your fears? Like, you know, you know, Adam was talking about, and and we're going to talk a lot about this. We have another episode coming on. We have a a therapist coming on, on Monday and he's, we want to talk about. Really, the fear, the depression that's out there, and I, I think really, I mean, you deal with this fear on a on a regular basis. Um, you know, I just can imagine your wife going, you know, does she like have you de- degaussed before you walk in the door? Do you guys have like a, it's, uh, a staging out. system before you walk in? His,
0: his house looks like the house off ET. You walk yeah, up that tunnel yeah. and you got the guys spraying you down before you go in. Yeah.
2: David's, I called David uh, when I'm on my way home. He suits up and gets his hazmat suit <laughs> nice. on. And my, my fears, well, in two different categories, I have a little bit of fear for the disease. Obviously it's, it's dangerous, it's deadly, no one wants to get it. Best case scenario, you don't want to be quarantined forever. Worst case scenario, people are dying from this. If you look at the numbers, and in my opinion, I think the media hypes it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. They put the information out there. They, they like to talk about numbers, they like to talk about deaths. And let me say up front, every, every death is a tragedy. I don't wanna downplay that at all, I won't downplay that. But in terms of putting it in perspective, the folks that are dying from the disease um, in general are the elderly and people with these pre existing health conditions. So, again, to answer your question about my fear specifically, for myself and for my immediate family, no one fits in that category. So, I'm not overly worried about that. Uh, I've been a professional firefighter for almost 22 years now. So,
1: did you I've, did you deal with H one N one? Do you have some perspective with that, or it, how it compares?
2: Um, it seemed like it wasn't as big a deal. I mean, we're all Everyone, consumers; we're all living like, in the same oh, world. I,
1: think I heard about it. Literally, the, it, no 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 record of it. But then you look at the numbers of deaths, and they're like, really? And like, yeah, really. So, and that's why I do agree with you. Like, I I'm in the same stance. Obviously, I went to Costco yesterday mm-hmm. and had a joyous time, and so. Like I'm somewhere in between there. Like I try not to even get. We don't watch the news. Even I haven't watched the news for years, because I get my information from different sources. And I feel like there's usually a back end agendas, or you know they're trying to sell a TV station, they're trying to yes. sell a TV program versus hey this is a PSA. There's a big difference between that. And so, and so that's where I feel like it is overhyped. I agree with you. Where. You know what is, if you take the numbers, you put it in perspective, we're looking at, and same thing, any death, everyone knows me personally, knows that that, that grief is very personal to me, is that uh, the, the percentage is, is super, super low. I was reading a report from Goldman Sachs, and, and they've known some of the, the stats have stayed true to even this Goldman Sachs report that was generated at the end of January. They're like, if this happens... This is where the market's going to go. This is what's going to happen in England. This is what's going to happen in the U.S. And, you know, as much as we badmouth Wall Street, they have a lot of smart guys and women uh, working on these cases and accounts, literally dealing with trillions of dollars. And so they try to stay ahead of the curve. And so a lot of the things in this report all basically lines up with everything that the information's out there. And um, I think what's, you know, you know, I think it's mind-blowing, I think we've all forgotten about first responders, to be honest with you. Like, hey, you know what? If you're getting pulled over, right, as a police officer pulling someone over, what protection does he have? You know, you talk about going into someone, we we're talking about, you know, uh, guns earlier, but it's that same thing, it's like, you know, when do you know to put a mask on someone? When do you know, right, whether this person, it, you know, and that's a lot of times is, people who are at risk, a lot of times they can't take care of themselves to begin with. They need assistance. Um, yeah, and so a lot of times you go into those situations and there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been, you know, sanitized or cleaned.
2: When you're talking about those people that need help, that was my, my fear as far as okay. the disease is concerned is in my immediate family, my kids, everyone is youngish, healthy. Um, my mother, however, who lives around the corner is medically fragile. She's quarantining herself. Um, based on her current health status, we're, we're pretty much guaranteed. If she gets the disease, she will die. So because of that, I've, I'm not able to visit my mom. In fact, I told her that I will do a sort of a quarantine visit today. Uh She she has a path that goes behind her house and a very see-through gate. I told her that we will walk the kids on the path and we will visit her through the gate. My dad, they're living with her. I told them if dad's not quarantined, then mom's not quarantined. My dad said, well, someone still has to go out of the house, buy their groceries, take care of the daily business. Yeah, for sure. So, And uh, I'm no expert on this. And and again, anything that we talk about is so great nowadays. We have so many resources on the internet. We have YouTube that can teach you Mm -hmm. all this stuff. I told my dad just some things that came off the top of my head. Uh, based on my mom's health condition, I recommend that when he comes home, he I told him, put an actual line on the ground. Get a piece of rope, put it on the ground. That's the clean side, the dirty side. Come in your side gate, mm-hmm. step out of your outside shoes, step into some inside shoes. Sanitize your hands, sanitize the door handle. He he was talking to me, and he said, Well, yeah, I went shopping today, but you know, when I came home, first thing I did is I washed my hands. And I said, yeah, dad, that's what you did. But you open the front door, you shut the front door, (laughs) you set your keys down on the table, you set your phone down, you open the bathroom door, you turn on the faucet, you can watch these videos that they have about, they have this powder that'll glow under an iridescent light or a black light, I'm sorry. They do all kinds of great experiments about one person will put it on, shake someone's hand, People go around their business. They go around whether it's germs for a kitchen or germs in a situation like this. And they show how fast it spreads. So I was explaining to my dad, you've touched a minimum of five things since walking in the house. And then you wash your hands. And then you go back and you pick up your same phone. You pick up your same keys. Mom touches the door handle. That's not really quarantine.
0: See, and you don't really realize how many little movements like that that you do. I mean, it. we get so used to our daily lives. We just go and do we open our car doors we're like the keys and the wallets and the the doorknobs and all of that stuff we, you just do it without even second guessing or thinking and now we're we're having to think about that I, I wouldn't have thought about all those little steps on just entering in your own home i do all of them well I just, do but i don't think of where those keys have been or who else has touched that doorknob or yeah it's it, it's just wild you know, And the other thing on the quarantine, what I do understand about the about the disease is even younger, healthier people can be carriers exactly. without showing any symptoms. And the other, uh, well, yesterday, uh, we had to go to Smart and Final. We, we did have to go do some grocery shopping for the week. And we have, as a family, tried to stay home as much as possible. And, I mean, we're doing everything from home. So we went to do our weekly grocery shopping, which is... Was just like your experience, Eric. It's it was crazy waiting in lines and getting in, and limited on how much stuff. Even though that we've told them, hey, we're a family of nine people in our home. We need more than one gallon of milk. We need more than this stuff. But anyways, besides the point. But one thing I noticed, everyone was just out and about. Starbucks was open. The donut shop was open. Some of these other places. There was a tire shop open over by Smart and Final. All these places were just open, and. And then today I read on Twitter, and this was like new news, that Clark County is having an emergency meeting today to talk about giving Metro the power to, uh, I don't know, force or some somehow mandate this 30-day closure. When people are just going to keep doing their normal thing, how do you stop the spread of this disease? If everyone's still going to the donor shop, if everyone's still doing – these non-essential businesses that the governor said to shut down aren't shutting down. The casinos did, but so, there's a lot of little shops out there that are open for business. I, I understand people are nervous of hurting their pocketbooks. I get it. More than anyone, I get it. But if you're going to stop the spread of this disease, we all need to stay home. That's what it takes.
2: And I People aren't doing it. When, when the disease was first getting big i told my family everyone's overreacting i told my kids you're young you're healthy if you if you read past these shock headlines that the media is throwing out there to boost their ratings that this was me talking to my kids you're gonna be fine you might seem like you have a cold but i wasn't looking at the whole picture i wasn't thinking about my parents i wasn't thinking about these healthy carriers that are just spreading it and yeah. you could spread it from five other healthy carriers until it gets to someone that's medically fragile that dies. And so I, I did start to have that. Okay. I I personally need to take it a little more seriously. I need to think about people such as my mother. I need to think about those closures and it is going to hurt. It is going to hurt businesses. It's going to hurt people's pocketbooks. But I, I did agree with what the, the president had said that, uh, he was being asked questions about the economy. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? Worrying about the economy. That's just on the back burner right now. Yeah. It's, it's important and we'll right. get there, but that's step two. We have to stop this disease first. Absolutely. And if people keep doing it today, um,
0: we baptized my son and congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but we had to do it in our swimming pool. We had a, we, wow. we, you know, and, the, the church has given us the ability to live stream it not to record but to live stream it. so we were able to have a, a some family members you know via whatever you know to to come in but no no other family member except my family was there and of course the bishop and and that was it and, and this is unusual and he's not getting the what what you would say the normal baptism experience kind of thing. He thinks it's cool. I mean, he he's, he's a good kid and he he's having fun with it. Uh, my oldest daughter, she's a senior in high school. She's not having a typical senior year. She's not going to have one of these ever again. There's even talk. There may not even be a graduation. Her graduation trip is canceled and all of that other stuff. The fun things that they do as seniors is all gone. A lot of people are making sacrifices and it sucks all the way around, but, People have to stay home. They have to take this serious or it can spread and we'll be just another Italy where it's just, it ran rapid through that country and, and, and really hurt them. And we can be just as stupid and continue on to thinking, well, it's not going to happen to me. Those spring breakers down in Florida that still are on the beach, having fun, partying and hanging out. It's not helping the cause. It sucks. I I know some people are, this is going to affect their lives, but I think it's really important.
2: And I have a senior as well. And I, I hope you didn't think I was smiling at when you said oh. that your daughter is not having a normal senior year. I was remembering, I just had a similar talk with my daughter, mm-hmm. um, about two years ago, she said, dad, I could be a valedictorian at my school. I think I'm going to do that. She worked hard. She applied herself in her head. She's been, uh, she made it. She is, there's uh, several valedictorians at her high school. Yeah. She's one of them. She's been planning on giving a speech. And she was very upset. She told me there could be canceling graduation. I worked so hard for this. I earned Mm. this. I I really want to give a speech. Maybe I wouldn't have put the effort in. And to your point, we need to think. I think if I can speak for at least the three of us in this room so far, it's easy problems. Everybody has problems, and it sucks. And it sucks when your kids aren't happy. And my kids are not happy about not being to go and meet up with their friends. Yeah. Or but cousins. but for our for our kids for our family members that are having these low level problems for our friends, help put it in perspective. The I can't even guess how many, especially small businesses, are going to close down. Yeah, businesses are going to go under. People are going to be losing their jobs. Not to mention the people that are. Dying and are and are still going to die from this. So I think that's that's important to remember when we're we're thinking of our champagne problems, as they're called.
0: I, I always tell my wife that's first world problems. Right? First world problems. And and, problems. and you're absolutely right. You, that, that's a good perspective to to think of it. There's some people in a lot worse cases than not having a typical senior year. You know. <laughs>
1: so Israel, just going back real quick to wrap up beyond the washing the hands. I think what I heard from you was really good information. Is it's not just washing your hands, because I tell you, I never even thought about that. That is so far, like when I think of wash your hands, is that same procedure. Oh, I came home after I wa- you know, after I walked through the house. We're we're dirty Americans. We leave our shoes on when we come into the house. I want to say that because other cultures, you know, leave their shoes on the outside to begin with, and and so here we are at this juncture again. Just to reiterate, can you give us like five five things to remember if we're going to take the quarantine, uh, I guess, I don't want to say serious, but maybe do a better job at it, I think is better. I'd like to say, hey, let's take our quarantine or take if we're going to be at home or we're going to go out because, you know, you know, Adam went to the store. I went to the store. So we're still out and about a little bit. Um, in real estate, we're still showing homes. I try to show vacant homes. You know, a lot of these homes have been sitting for a while. I try not to go to the houses where people are. Um, what are, What are like five things that you you think you could emphasize to help the the, the greater good out there?
2: Okay. Well, uh, we like put the, you on the spot. Yes, now. Yeah. you did. Now, now in in my head, I'm thinking if I can count to five and talk the at the same time. Just, the same counsel that you gave the, your
1: dad, I think, is worthy for all of
2: us. the The wa- washing the hands is obviously important. As I right. say, it's important. Wash your hands think about not touching your face that's hard
1: actually a lot harder than you think
2: think about what is essential as as you mentioned we went to the store i did go to the store myself this morning but i think that i have everything i need to where i don't need to go to the store again for another two weeks if you need something then you need something try and differentiate between want and need if you have to go out we've been advised about that social distancing keeping six feet away if you are if you are sick then Put a mask on and still wash your hands. You still don't want to get the germs anywhere else.
1: Oh, hold on! With the sickness, so I was talking to a friend who works in PD, and they talk about taking their temperature before they come on shift and when they get off shift. Are you guys doing the same?
2: That is something that we we do at my job as well. We
1: is that like an easier litmus test? Because I do think I, when you talk about the people who don't even know. I think they don't think about that. And so that was one of the key uh, key pieces of information is like, so we talked about us going out. I'm like, well, I didn't take my temperature before I left and take it when I got back. You know, (laughs) I don't know if that's going to be a telltale sign or whatnot. Is that is that reliable?
2: It. Okay. On the one hand, if you do get the disease, then in most cases you are going to spike a fever so yeah that that can be looked at as a reliable indicator but an important point to emphasize here is that you say one of us as we all know with weight spreading any one of us could have the disease right now but we don't have any symptoms we could be contagious right now with no symptoms with no knowledge that we have the disease heaven forbid one of us wake up tomorrow and we're sick then we could think back and realize we were all contagious the day before so yes that that temperature can help you and if you are spike in a fever, quarantine yourself, quarantine everyone in your house, but it's still important to, to follow those safe practices of the hand-washing, the social distancing. If everyone acted right now as if you already have the disease and you're spreading it wherever you go, then that's actually not a bad mindset because of the fact that anyone could already have it and literally be already spreading it, and you just won't know till tomorrow or the next day when you develop symptoms.
0: Just like every gun is loaded. Right. Everybody has the coronavirus. Everyone has the coronavirus. Everyone has it. If you treat it like that, then we could probably wipe this out. Good advice. It's great advice. That's awesome, man.
1: Israel, really appreciate you coming out today.
0: Absolutely. You gave us a lot of good information. We appreciate it. Appreciate everyone listening. Please uh, hit that subscribe button on iTunes and please give us a review or hit us up on email or on our Instagram.
1: David, thanks for uh, recording today. I hope we got a lot of viewers on there. And you can reach out with any questions, and we'll get your information. If you guys want to ask Israel a question, we're more than happy to be messengers.
0: All right. Hey, thanks for listening. All right.
1: All right.